So uh, I'm going to read to you from God's Word. We're looking at Psalm 100 today. uh, And uh, interestingly, in the Scriptures, uh, in the original Scriptures, uh, just before the psalm is written, the Hebrew describes this psalm as this, a psalm for giving thanks. I think it's appropriate today, don't you think? A psalm for giving thanks. Let me read it to you from the ESV version. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Now, as we've come together to give thanks today, and that's what we've just done, I want to ask a question. And that question is, what is true worship? And what does it look like in your life and mine? What does it look like to truly worship the Lord? Is it just praising the Lord in song? Is that just what worship is? Well, for those of us who know uh, the scriptures and, and know, uh, have been a Christian for some time, we know it's so much more than that. So we're going to look at that today. What is true worship and what does it look like in your life and mine? Now, as a nation, we're, we're actually pretty good at worship. You might think, how as a nation are we pretty good at worship when only about 5% profess to be uh, evangelical Christians? Well, sadly, we do worship well as a nation, but we don't, well, we worship, we don't worship well. We worship all the wrong things. You see, we're pretty good at worshiping sport. Uh, we're pretty good at worshiping material things. Uh, we're pretty good at worshiping fame or success, even our own leisure and entertainment. We're pretty good at worshiping it. You only need to go to a footy game, particularly at the MCG, or uh, look at what we spend our money on as a nation to see what we truly venerate. See, as a nation, we're pretty good at worshiping. But unfortunately, we don't worship the right things so often. But thankfully, as believers, we know that true worship starts with who? It starts with God. It starts with God. But again, what does that worship look like in your life and mine? Well, to answer that question, we're going to look at this psalm today, Psalm 100. It's a song in the Scriptures that, as I said, is appropriately titled, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. In fact, uh, it's known as the Jubilant Psalm. And it's here we're going to find out answers regarding what true worship is and what it looks like for you and me. So let's get straight into it, because as we see in Psalm 100, true worship involves our whole lives, our whole lives. Our passage points to this in verses 1 to 2 when we read, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. It's it's this joyful noise of a triumphant king coming to the city, a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Now, where do we read here that God wants us to worship him with our whole lives? Well, I want you to notice this command to serve the Lord is paralleled by come into his presence. Serve the Lord is paralleled by come into his presence, which is a reminder that when we worship, we are actually serving the Lord. When we worship, we're actually serving the Lord. And when we worship, we're not just talking about singing to God, as the psalm mentions. No, in Romans 12, 1, it tells us our worship involves our whole lives. 
We read about this in Romans 12.1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he's done for you. So everything he's done for us in Christ, give your whole bodies to him. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. In other words, we should worship God with our whole bodies, in what we think, in what we do, in what we say, not just what we do on Sundays. In fact, true worship involves our heart, our mind, our will, our words, and our actions. True worship involves giving our whole life to God and serving Him with it. As Paul tells us, our lives are to be not a dead, but a living sacrifice to God. That involves a selfless giving, doesn't it? Lives that please Him. So when we stand up and we worship God, that's just a touch, a taste of what true worship is. So as we round this year out with thanksgiving to God, and and it's been good to give him thanks, isn't it? This passage doesn't allow us to stay in 2019. It doesn't allow us to stay in the past. No, it challenges us for the year ahead, not just to pay lip service to God, but with God's help to seek to really live for him in 2020 with our whole lives. This is the worship God deserves and he is asking of us. And he can help us step forward in this. And the question we've got to ask ourselves, do we worship him? Do you worship? Do I worship him with my whole life? And we all know the answer to that. Not our whole lives. There are always areas we can more wholeheartedly serve and worship him, aren't there? Perhaps it's the way you speak to your partner. Perhaps it's the way you love your kids. Perhaps it's the way you behave at work. Perhaps it's the way you work and behave from Monday to Saturday. (laughs) What does it look like? Maybe it means helping those in need. Maybe it means using your finances, not just for yourself, but for others. What does it look like for your whole life to be an act of worship to God, a living sacrifice to Him? See, that's what true worship looks like in our lives. But where does it begin? Now, we we touched on this just a moment ago, but let's look at it further, because true worship comes from knowing. What am I talking about? When I say worship comes from knowing, what do I mean? Knowing what? Knowing that the Lord is God. Knowing Yahweh, that's God's personal name, the Lord, is God. You see, you cannot worship God if we do not first have this firm ground under our feet of knowing that the Lord is God and he alone is God. Now, that might sound ridiculously simple to you. You might think, for goodness sake, Matt, I'm in church. I know the Lord is God. Can we move forward? (laughs) But let me ask you a question. Do you really believe the Lord is God over everything? That he's sovereign over everything? That he is your God and the God of all things? Because that's where worship begins. Even the great Babylonian kings like Nebuchadnezzar and Darius gave God praise when they saw and realized that the Lord is God. Because worship comes from knowing. And what do we know as believers? 
Well, as verse 3 tells us, we know that the Lord, He is God. It's a Bible verse there, guys. <laughs> it is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Now, this wonderful knowledge that the Lord is God who made us and we belong to Him as His people should lead us to worship Him. Friends, we are the loved sheep of his pasture. And if you read Psalm 23, God looks after his sheep. And Jesus is the shepherd who laid down his life for us. Let's worship him with thankfulness because we belong to him. The Lord is God and we are his children. But hold on. How is it possible we can worship God at all? Well, true worship is only possible because of Christ. True worship is only possible because of Christ. Now, let's not forget this wonderful truth. If it were not for Christ, we would not know God. If it were not for Christ, we could not worship God with our whole lives. If we were not for Christ, we would not have access to God nor enjoy intimacy with Him. Instead, we will be shut out and separated from Him forever. And that's what we're reminded of in verses 4 and 5. That just as the Old Covenant or Old Testament Jews could enter God's temple with thanksgiving and praise, they could enter His presence in a physical way in the temple, we can now come near to God and enjoy even greater intimacy with Him because we are under a better and new covenant in Christ. Not only can we enter God's outer courts, but the Holy of Holies is open to us through Christ, the new and living way. Our salvation and our response of worship is only possible because of Christ. We only sit here because of Christ. We're only saved and can give Him praise because of Christ. So now we too can enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. What Christ has done for us is a massive reason to praise God. No matter what's happened to you this year, because you have Christ in your life, you have a massive reason to praise God. Today and always. But the final verse adds even more, telling us to give thanks and praise because God's love and faithfulness are unfailing throughout all time. Did you hear that? We can also praise God because God's love and faithfulness are unfailing throughout all time. As we read, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You see, God is good all the time. And that is his character. And his steadfast love never ends. And he always will be faithful to his promises and to us, his people, for how long? Forever. Now, we are not very good at being faithful at times, are we? We make all sorts of promises that we don't keep. We even forget promises that we made. But God will always be faithful to his promises and to us, his people, forever. In other words, we will enjoy his love and mercy for eternity. And I love that wonderful truth that when we trust in Christ, our eternity is begun. Death is only a doorway to forever. 
God is always faithful. And since he will never revoke his covenant with his people, we can be sure that just as past generations found God faithful, so will our children and their children and on and on forever. Friends, this all should make our hearts leap for joy as we bow before the one who's never broken his word and will always love us and be faithful to us forever. And this is all possible because of Christ. Our natural response should be to worship the Lord our God with our whole lives. So we're almost in 2020, aren't we? I'm not asking you to make a New Year's resolution. We're not there yet. But I am asking you to think about this year, how can you worship Him with your whole life? Can you think about that today? How can I worship God with my whole life? What areas do I need to seek to do that in? God will help you and I (laughs) to do that. And let me say this. Perhaps this is all familiar truths to you today. You might say, Matt, you haven't told me anything new. But the question is, are you doing it? (laughs) We're so good at knowing, but how good are we at doing? Let's not just be fattened cows that know the truth. (laughs) Let's slim down with a bit of action. (laughs) Let our whole lives be a worship to him. Friends, we started well today, didn't we, in giving thanks? Good start. Let's continue this theme in 2020 with our whole lives. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord, we thank you so much that by your grace and your kindness, you have saved us. Because of Christ, we have so much to be thankful for not just forgiveness and salvation, but so many other blessings in our lives because of what you've done for us. Thank you, you're a God who hears us and answers us. So Lord, in response, help us to worship you with our whole lives. Help us to worship you as the Lord, our God. And help us to share this wonderful news of hope we have with those who so desperately need it. Show us right now, Lord, today we ask, help us to be proactive in thinking about it, what it is we need to do or how you would have us live more wholeheartedly for you in 2020. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.